Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome once again to that Monday extravaganza known as Steeler Q&A on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Once again, I'm Brian Anthony Davis. You know me as bad. Along with me is my good friend Tony Defio from Behind the Steel Curtain as well. Tony, what's going on? How's it going, Brian? Happy, happy Monday. It's a gorgeous day here in Pittsburgh. How's it over there in Maryland? I tell you what, it's beautiful. I was outside for a little bit. I power washed this weekend. I hurt my back power washing, then my power washer broke. So if anybody has an extra extra tube, like one of those hoses they could send me, uh, that you can do that. Or if you want to come power wash for me, you can. But no, it's fantastic. May is here. And as you know, I'm always wearing black and gold, right? I'm not wearing Redskins today. You see what I'm wearing? I swear it's not Redskins. Tony, have <laughs> you looked at the calendar, my friend? I have. May the 4th be May with you. May the 4th be with you. We've got right. a little chewy going on here. So uh, feeling good there. But I am going to put some black and gold on um, in a little bit in honor of our guest. And I'd like to welcome our guest here, a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan in, ironically, a huge New York Jets family. He is also the color analyst, I believe, for the Richland High School Rams in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. A fantastic program that is... Uh, I want to say on the rise, but no, they've been around for the last 10, 15 years uh, in the state playoffs the last few years. We're going to talk to Eddie Martino. Ed, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, my friend. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Ed Ed and I go back 40-some years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, yeah. So, uh, and like I said, I was uh, very good friends with Ed's family, all New York Jets fans. I always found solace with Ed. He doesn't share the Penguins thing with me, but he share he shares the Steeler thing with me. So I always appreciated that with Ed. So um, as far as it goes, glad to see you, Ed. We're going to talk a lot of Steeler football, and we're going to talk some Richland Rams football towards the end, too. Fantastic. So, if, if look behind me, Brian, though. I got the slap shot. I don't know if I go this way. Slap yeah, shot poster I, behind me. I, and, I uh, saw that. Is, I think this is Brian Trottier's leg. Uh, so, <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, Trotch is okay with us because... He held two two cups with us, not as many with the Islanders, but he, he held two with us. And I'll never forget one of the greatest moments of uh, my sporting fan lifetime was watching him in 1992 um, when the parade, the uh, Stanley Cup parade, had been diverted to Three River Stadium. They had the tarp out. I was on the third base side, and he's running with the cup, <laughs> sliding across the, <laughs> the tarp. It was it was absolutely awesome. Um yeah, I do have a uh, I do have a raspy voice, um, so uh, yeah, Tony might might have to take over for me a little bit here. But uh, Matt P. Steeler, Tony says, fantastic job on your first solo show, and we we have we have to mention that too. Um, great job, Tony. Oh, well, yeah, thank I you. you yeah, fantastic. Was, uh, so uh, thank you. Yeah. So one week of totally tone deaf got us there. So um, <laughs> without further ado. Let's get into the topic for the day. And uh, this is something that's been on the, on the mind of Steeler fans for a long time. And it's about the power level of Ben Roethlisberger. And here's the deal. The guy's a 16-year vet. He's going into his 17th season. And he has earned a great bit of power. He's the man in the locker room. He's the captain of the team. But when it comes to organizational decisions, how much power does Ben actually have? And how much power should he have? So that's I'm tonight. I'm going to go to you first on that. What's your thoughts on this? Well, I've always been of the mindset that that, that if you have a, a quarterback of his his level and caliber and what what he's accomplished, what is over his first six years, the things that he accomplished, he he, you know, quarterbacks like him, whether it's Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you name it, Dan Marino throughout history, they they have a, a, a large amount of influence on 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 the team. I mean, you know, they're basically the most important cog in the organization i mean we, we know how hard it is for teams to win when that guy's gone you know whether it's uh terry bradshaw or whomever you look how long it, how long they struggled to win a championship you know before they found big ben in 04 so does he get the final say no but i mean his his opinion uh i think it ha has a lot of weight to it as it should okay well you know, a lot of this is uh, came up when uh, it came up a few years ago when Mason Rudolph was drafted. And we'll talk about that in a moment. It also came up the other day when Nate Burleson came out and said, I believe it was on CBS Sports or the NFL Network. I'm not sure who he was representing at the time. But uh, Nate Burleson comes out and says, Ben has way too much power. And he's the reason that they don't they didn't draft a quarterback 
in this draft. I kind of disagree with that. Ed, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm in agreement with uh, with uh, Tony there. I think uh, I think the quarterback he's earned the right uh, to, uh, to ask for certain things. Um, I don't think he should have total control, uh, but I think uh, his his input should should carry a lot of weight with that team. Wants it to go how he wants to run the offense. Uh, I, I would I would certainly give the control to Ben. I think he's earned that right. Now, uh, when a few years ago, like I said, about two years ago now, Ben came out and uh, I was listening to live when he was on the fan at the time, the uh, fan morning show. And he came out and said, Look, I, I was shocked that they brought in Mason Rudolph at this time. Um, why don't they give me weapons? And I know that's a thought that's probably that, uh, of course. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is saying the same thing because of uh, drafting Jordan Love, and that was a surprise there. You know, the Mason Rudolph thing, he was more – he was a third rounder. He wasn't a first rounder at the time, and it was brought in for depth, and a lot of people thought that Ben was uh, being a little indignant when he said that. But as a quarterback, I understand he's going to want more weapons because we keep on talking about that Steeler window, that win now. Um, Of course, it's win all the time. But when you have a ticking clock on a veteran quarterback, um, you're going to do everything you can to get him the uh, get him the team, the weapons to win now. And as you noticed in not just the draft, but in free agency, they brought in weapons for him to win now. That was evident when they brought in Eric Ebron, when they brought in Derek Watt at fullback, because he's actually a weapon. He uh, he could catch the ball out of the backfield. He king of the one and two yard plunges he could get in the end zone he opens things up for the other red zone weapons um and also bringing in wisniewski i mean those are two-year contracts on those guys uh, excuse me a three-year um for mr watt but with those with that window you could tell that they're respecting that window now the drafting of chase claypool brings him that big that big receiver that he's been wanting that six four guy he had a huge guy in martavis bryant that didn't work out. But bringing in Claypool, bringing in other guys like Dotson, who's, you know, Dotson's going to be a backup on the line, but also Anthony McFarland that could be a weapon out of the backfield. They're looking at win now. So Ben's fine with what they brought in. But, but and I'm, I don't have an issue on the quarterback thing. An issue is last year when they brought in a fifth-round draft pick that was a tight end, Ward number 83, and wanted to wear number 83 here. And he insisted that he wears 81 or what have you because he hasn't earned the right to wear 83. So fast forward to this year, Chase Claypool was the number one draft pick. And a number one draft pick is a lot, he's a lot more important than number five. So he's coming in as the number, although he's not the number one draft pick, he's the number two draft pick, but he's the top pick of the team. He's a lot more important. And he comes in, we're 83 in college. So I was willing to bet. I almost uh, hit submit on my uh, Chase Claypool jersey with 83 because I knew it was going to happen. And here I'm wrong. So don't take me to Vegas. I'm going to screw up. I'm going to lose your house. But what I'm saying here is he actually had superimposed picture of him. Claypool did wearing number 83. All of a sudden, Last week comes out, he's number 11. Did Ben Roethlisberger have anything to do with that? Did the Steelers say that to respect Ben Roethlisberger or Heath Miller, who hasn't been with the team in four seasons now? So, Tony, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I wrote something about that last year when, whenever it came out that he asked the rookie, uh, Zach Gentry, at the time to uh, to not wear number 83 out of respect for Heath Miller. So if that if the same thing happened again, I'll say the same thing that I said last year, he needs to not worry about stuff like that. That's really not, shouldn't be any of his concern. You want to talk about who the offensive coordinator is and, and heavy influence on, you know, and the play calling and stuff like that, the des- designing of the offense and who, who you, you know, you want to be your top receiver, like who you want to work with in the offense, things of that nature. Yeah. I'll get, gi- I'll give that to you, but don't be, don't worry about who's wearing what number. First of all, when I think of 83 and this might be, this might offend a lot of people, what I when I think of number eighty three, I think of Louis Lips because he was one of my child. Yeah, yeah. He was one of my childhood uh, idols and one of my heroes as, as a kid. So it means different things to different people. So for him to him to uh, to that that's that's going to turn a lot of people off when he's when he does stuff like that. Other things, 
that's more his right. This, I mean, that's petty. Yeah, you know what i I will uh, I'll back you up on that as well. And uh, yeah, I think of I think of them both equally because you know, in the uh, right before uh, camp starts, I do every single year. I do uh, a digit dynasty where I pick the the best stealer to ever wear the number. I usually have a tie, or I go back and forth each year with uh, Lips or Miller because they're they're both very important to the organization. Uh, the thing with with uh, Louis Lips for me. And Heath Miller, when Heath started catching balls, everybody thought, are they booing him? They started with the, the Lou. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right yeah, they started yeah. with the Lou, and it turned into Heath, but it still had a hints of Lou in it. So, uh, you know, 83, I thought Claypool would be a great addition to that and make that an amazing number. But, you know, numbers don't matter. You make the number. The player makes the number, and he could make right. 11. And, you know, 11, right. if you look back, when uh, Dante Moncrief and – uh and uh, Mr. Graham, I, Kent Graham, is probably your best 11s along with Marcus Wheaton, then this guy has a chance to be the best 11 probably of all time right away. Ed, what's your thought on the numbers with Ben and him talking a little more, getting putting his nose into the organizational part of it with saying, you know, guy can't have this number? Nah. Should he just stick to the field? Just stick to the field, exactly. Things you want to do, as Tony said, offensive coordinator, how you want to offense, that's fine. This, he should keep his nose out of it. Absolutely. So here's my next question for you, Ed. Now, this is a trick question. If you listen to the show, you know the answer. You know my answer. Who is the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Is it Randy Feetner? <sighs> the answer is no, Ed. <laughs> I'm going to say no. No. <laughs> no, it's definitely Ben. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Tony, well, no, I, it's the same thing with uh, I, with the backup quarterback situation. I mean, is is does uh, Ben have any more influence over the offense than Tom Brady did in in New England when he was there? Does he? I mean, uh, Josh McDaniels, yeah, he was the offensive. Was it Josh McDaniels last year or in the last few years? Uh, he was the offensive coordinator, but obviously Tom Brady had a huge influence, and he also, from what I understand, what's been reported over the years, he had a huge influence in. Jimmy Garoppolo winding up in, in, in San Francisco. So, you know, why, why is Ben, I mean, people just, I don't understand like the, the national hatred of Ben and, and, and somebody like Nate Burleson just coming out and talking in absolutes about, well, he, he prevented them from drafting a backup quarterback. How does he know that? I mean, does he have, does he have sources, you know, so that's just, that's just uh, really all I wanted to say about that. Sorry. <laughs> that so, got me uh, fired up. <laughs> and I can that's tell, as fired up as you get. I just met you. You got to fire it up quickly. <laughs> yeah, Ed, you got to check out buyingthesteelcurtain.com because when Tony, I've actually gone on a couple of times uh, and checked it out before uh, for doing this. So, uh, so I, I, I enjoy you guys. Tony is our best oh, uh, as reading. far as commentary goes, and uh, Tony is Tony and I liken ourselves to Ric Flair and Arn Anderson <laughs> of BTSC. We're kind of the heels, for, but Tony knows how to get get them fired up. Uh, he's a, he's a lot more tame here on the podcast, but when you, when you, uh, well, when he gets the commentary hat on, he lets it go. And, <laughs> funny April 1st, I'm, if you go back to April 1st, check out his mock draft where he trades everybody for <laughs> everybody, every draft pick, every, everything. Hey, but and, Tony, and, those make the drafts fun. When there's a lot of trades, let's face it. That makes things fun. Oh when, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, let, Look at last year. That was that was a blast, but they yeah. did for Devin Bush. He he traded a number one in 2022 for a long snapper in number seven in the <laughs> seventh round. So it, it was great. And then people were like going crazy. And our editor finally said, Hey, look at the date. Look at today's <laughs> date, please. <laughs> well, I'm like uh, so, I'm like Bret Hart in 97. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a face in Canada and a heel in America for some people love me on video, but they hate me in print. <laughs> Lance, Lance, you're a heel too. Lance I is. Just, uh, I just saw his pop up. Yeah. <laughs> so Lance is our. Uh, um, Lance does the standard is the standard. Yeah, I said it. He's on a multiple uh, multiple podcast as well. Uh, one of uh, he's definitely a heel of BTSC as well. So I, I've got to bring that up. So we need one more. So we can have a force uh, uh, a four horsemen here. I mean, I might even give up my Ric Flair uh, role to. Uh, 
to a Lance, Tony. I wouldn't have to do that. Actually, uh, I was going to say, I think I think Lance is more like a Triple H level heel. He just doesn't care. He just goes straight forward and doesn't. Oh. He just he just he brings this he brings the sledgehammer every time. He just doesn't care. That's Triple that's, H- that's uh, yeah. Maybe we switch it to Evolution. You could be Batista there, Tony. How about that? I'll take that. I'll take that. probably <laughs> more like Randy Orton. I think that'd be more my speed, but I'll take I'll take uh, Batista. There we go. We we go off on wrestling a lot on these shows. <laughs> I'll be a bushwhacker. <laughs> hey, the there you go. What a reference. Oh yeah. Back hey, in the Brian, day, Tony. Brian, you you were here for many WrestleManias. So uh, yeah, because we we had the. Uh, I found no surprise, and I found a cheater box way back. When. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah. We had it back in the so, day. Yep. So uh, back in the early '90s, we would we would watch all the WrestleManias, and we watched movie after movie after movie, and lots of fun. Uh, w- at Ed's house, uh, that was that was the hangout, and so uh, I, re- I remember you guys. We always laughed because the Bushwhackers—they'd come in for the Royal oh, Rumble, they'd so come funny. in real quick, and next thing you know, they're gone. Like two <laughs> seconds, they're gone. So, <laughs> so, anyways, um, so Ben Ralph, back to Ben Roethlisberger here. Look, I'm for him having all the power that he wants because what he has done this year has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, not this, excuse me, not this year. In his career has been absolutely phenomenal. Three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. I still think he has an MVP in him. Uh, not team MVP, because he has those. I think he has an NFL MVP award in him. Could that be this year, fellas? Tony. Whew. Well, I mean, he's not going to be lacking in motivation because uh, so many people have spent the offseason uh, just tearing him down. You know, why is he even trying to come back? Who's that one guy uh, who? said he was out of shape a while ago and said the Steelers really were doing themselves a disservice by, by not dra- or signing a, a veteran quarterback or not, and by not drafting one, you know, the guy from CBS sports, he's definitely has a lot of people downing him. So we're he's not going to be, he's not going to Yeah, we're Lance. Here you <laughs> go. Like, Lance, that's right. <laughs> he, he might be the best of the best. So he's going to have a lot of people. He has a lot of reasons to be motivated. So it's not going to be from a lack of motivation. Okay. Uh, Ed, yes or no. Can Ben win an MVP? Absolutely. I think he comes back uh, fired up this year. I think he's uh, ready to roll. Um, if uh, the, if he's going to do it, it's gonna, this is going to be the year, Brian. Here's here's the question, though. Will the NFL allow Ben to win MVP? The only thing I'll say with that, uh, I think – I'm going to say yeah, but I still think he should have a Super Bowl MVP of the year that uh, San Antonio Holmes won it. I think that was Ben's year to win a Super Bowl MVP, and he didn't win it. I don't know yeah. what you guys think. That's my feeling. I, I, I no, think I, he that 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 on that drive. Um, every time Ben dropped back, how many people were at his feet? Three guys rushing him. He made throw yeah. after throw after throw. Completes great pass to San Antonio in the back of the end zone. Right. And San Antonio gets the MVP. And I'm sorry, that was Ben's MVP. You could you could even split that in half. They gosh, they the Cowboys and uh, Super Bowl twelve split it in threes. Uh, hmm. Was it threes? No, only no two. Guys. I think it was just twos. Yeah. It was it was Harvey Martin and uh, and from Maryland, Randy White. So uh, there you go. The so yeah, they, they split into that year. Um, but you know, I would love to see Ben win it. I think he can. Look, this offense, you can have all the weapons you want. Ben is Ben could come back. And solidify everything. Everybody talks about uh, J.K. Dobbins and why they should have drafted J.K. Dobbins. I think Ben makes the running game better. I think Ben makes the uh, the receiving core better. Um, I think the line, and I'll ask you this, this uh, fellas, and I'll start with you, Ed. Is the offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers better when Ben Roethlisberger is behind quarterback, or does it matter? You saw what happened with Duck and Mason. Is it better with Ben there? Do they play a different style because of who the quarterback is? Uh, maybe just a sign of more uh, more comfort with Ben. Uh, for me, I think they're a little more confident when Ben's back there, knowing they can make a mistake. Ben's okay. Um, uh, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say they're better. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna play as they're gonna play, uh, Brian. I think the offensive line is 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 built pretty well. Uh, I think they're probably a little more confident with Ben being back there. 
And uh, here's a question for you, Tony, um, as we're going to shift over to more Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. Who is going to be the starting tackle on the, excuse me, the starting guard on the left side this year? Actually, I think they're going to go, I think they're going to just put Wisniewski in at the beginning of the year because, you know, he's, he's a veteran. He's been around. He started the last two Super Bowls for two different teams. So, uh, or two out of the last three, I think. So, He's uh he's a he's somebody you can you can put in there if for just one season. So I I think it's going to be Wisniewski. He's going to win it in camp. They're going to they're they're going to want to keep the line as much intact as they can. And and why disrupt two positions when you when you only have to worry about disrupting one? But I, I do look for uh, Dawson Dotson to uh, make strides and maybe be the starter by the end of the year. Ed, do you think that there is any shot that uh, Kevin Dotson starts with this team? And I'm, here's a second question. Um, as far as uh, Matt Filer goes, where would you rather see him play on the line? Uh, I would say no to question one. And question two, um, not sure. Let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> I, sure. I prefer Matt Filer as a tackle. And because I everybody knows my feelings on uh, Chukes. I just don't think he's, uh, I, I just don't think he's the guy. And there's very few that I'll say that about. But then again, I didn't see, I really didn't see Marcus Gilbert as the guy and he proved me wrong too. So like I said, don't take me to Vegas. I'm wrong a lot. I have no problem admitting that and I'll do it all day long. That's why I abstain from answering your question, Brian. (laughs) There you you go. Uh, Dave Schofield on the radio network. uh, is like that. He he kind of abstains all the time. So (laughs) now he's going to be typing in and yelling at me pretty soon too. So um, with that being said, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, actually, let me jump in here. We've got uh, something from down under here and uh, oops, sorry, Wes, Um, Matt P. Steeler. We've got Aussie dollars. Um, I don't know what the conversion rate for 4.49 is 449 in Australia, but awesome. Punt Barry plus Dopey Dan and the electronic football man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so it uh, looks like he wants uh, he wants uh, Jordan Barry gone. He, <laughs> Dopey Dan, that's the first time I've heard uh, Shade Tree McCullers called that. Um, and the electronic football man, of course, Ryan Switzer. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there is a thought, and I want to ask you about that. But first, uh, format, Matt P. Steeler, thanks so much, Uh Good day, mate, because I know it's uh, early down there in Australia. We appreciate it. And thank you for uh, your contribution on the live chat. Anybody that wants to uh, get their question to the top of the queue, feel free to. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, use our live chat. We use that We use that money. Um, as you can see, the microphone. Also, for the contest we have, we've had uh, many contests uh, with uh, the David DeCastro football We've had a, uh, a Juju Smith-Schuster jersey, uh, a lot of things in the past. We're going to do a lot of that in the future. So that's kind of the things that that money goes to. So if you do want to go ahead and use the Super Chat feature, feel free to. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matt P. Steeler. Hey, we have got an international following, Ed, because we have people from – we've had Germany. We have had Australia. We've had uh, Afghanistan. Um where where else, uh, Tony? Oh, I believe uh, we've Asia, Brazil. Very where good, else, yeah. Tony? Uh, did you mention Mexico? I know we have a, a big presence down we, there, we've right? Had Mexico. We've gosh, we've even gone as far as like Kansas before. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, you know, Mark Davison is uh, one of the guys that uh, that uh, he runs Steeler uh, Nation Australia on Facebook. Uh, check them out; it's a pretty cool group and uh we have a big following in australia now and and a lot of it's to mark so thank you so much for finding us and i just found out that that is uh two dollars and 89 cents or so um and i appreciate it so we we forgot one and x eddie b's paying to let us know canada baby <laughs> here you go that's right home of maple tron <laughs> there's a there's the next mm. question that's is right name and, and, and an ex-islander who will rename with name uh, nameless, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. There's a lot of ex islanders from Canada. There's, <laughs> oh, there's one major one right now playing in Toronto, Brian. At uh, uh, we should yeah. not name names. Okay, yeah, I I won't bring it up. I, I promise <laughs> it. But uh, the Islanders have had the Penguins number the last couple of years, so we don't we don't know if uh, 
We don't have a problem with that. Um, I can't pronounce that. I'm not going to try, but greetings from the UK. So uh, I have family in the UK. In fact, went over there, uh, let's say, like three years ago to the day I was in London. So, uh, and I was joking with everybody there. I was like, look, this is the second most famous big man that I'm looking at here (laughs) in London. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, you all know. Um, Actually, big following in London too. So um, with that being said, um, one of the most important things that uh, we talk about when we're talking about football is high school football. We don't talk about it a lot on this show. But, uh, you know, it all, for me, it starts at the high school level. And uh, the pride, the front lights, um, where I come from, Tony, and where you come from, Western Pennsylvania, a long list of uh, just high school dynamos that have gone into college, gone into the pros. Um, Absolutely. You know, started off in Western Pennsylvania. You see it as far as, uh, you know, California, Ohio, Texas, big, big high school football states. And uh, when I went to Richland High School, I wasn't good enough to play. I stopped playing in eighth grade. Um, but uh, Richland High School, the Rams were an up-and-coming program. And in the last, uh, I would say in the last 10, 15 years, they have really turned into a dynamo. And now this is not uh, to be uh, mistaken for the fine pine Richland Rams um, um, in Pittsburgh. But this is Johnstown, Pennsylvania's Richland Rams. and what I'm going to do right here, I don't have Richland Rams swag, and I'm uh, I'm going to ask Ed, Ed's wearing it. I'm going <laughs> right, right, to send swag. it to me, but yeah. I've got a little tribute to Johnstown football, so hold on one second. <laughs> He's got the Ed pipe jersey on. There you go. All the right moves. <laughs> That's right. Tom Cruise. And that's not my only yeah. pipe football jersey, if you know all the right moves. Um, yeah. The other Johnstown movie, we talk about Slapshot, but uh, the other Johnstown, Pennsylvania movie with Tom Cruise, Craig T. Nelson, and the hot Lee Thompson. I think she's still hot, <laughs> and she's like almost 60. Um, but this isn't my only all the right moves jersey. I actually have a 33, the Georgia Ridge jersey that just came about a month ago. So I'm really proud about that. But I wanted to just wear the generic pipe football jersey today for the show. Um, so Ed is the uh, color commentator for the Richland High School Rams. And Ed, I, a great season last year, final four. Is that correct? Final four, yeah. Lost to uh, Southern Columbia uh, in the semifinals. Uh, the Southern Columbia, who uh, is touting the highest recruit in the country and Julian Fleming. Uh, uh, he went, uh, got to face him. Uh, they're quite a program out there. And um they really deserve their national championship or their state title again. I should say not national championship, but state title. I think it's their um, their tenth one uh, in, in in the recent past. So they're they're quite a powerhouse. And uh, Richland had a good fortune of um, making it there and facing them in the in the semifinals and uh, hoping to get another crack at them this year. So what's the secret sauce with the Richland Rams? Because I'm going to tell, tell you, you, Brian, they, from what I've seen, uh, and uh, I'm actually the, the play-by-play announcer. Oh, I um, apologize. Fred Yannity uh, is the color commentator. You, you remember Fred very, very well. I, uh, I know Fred very well. Fred was uh, in uh, fact, former I, coach. I, would, I went to a Penguins game once with Fred yep, back former, in 1990. Uh, but he was the head coach Richland when Rams. I was in high school. He was. Former head coach, uh, former special teams coach, and uh, the athletic director. So I get to work with Freddie, uh, PJ McGowan, uh, again, uh, one of your, one of your classmates, uh, not he's only a- one of my classmates, I got to call him out on this. <laughs> he was the star of Greece, the musical our there. senior year. And I was one of his co-stars. We were both, uh, not T-Birds. They were called Burger Palace boys. And, uh, <laughs> PJ and I, uh, I always know, knew him as Paul, but, uh, PJ and I, yep. well, then again, nobody knew me as bad back then either. So. <laughs> but, but uh, um, so, you know, yeah. a great guy as well. I graduated with uh, PJ. Yeah. Getting back to your question, though, uh, Brandon Bailey came on board. I think this is uh, going to be his 19th season, if I'm not mistaken, as the Richmond Ram head coach. Brandon had a great career at uh, at Forest Hills. Uh, his father was a coach there. And uh, his father just retired just last year, so he can watch Legend. his grandson, Kobe, uh, play for Richmond Rams. So, um, and Brandon came on, uh, the program really got humping. Uh, Brandon Roy 
gets these kids involved in some, uh, in some camps during the off season. Kids are buying into the program. They start in first grade. So um, you join as a Richland Rocket. Uh, first two years, first grade, second grade, you play flag football, but you're playing under the Richland scheme of plays. So these kids, when you start, oh. you're learning the Richland Ram playbook. Uh, when you get to third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you're playing tackle football and the same thing. You are running the offense. And then when you get to junior high school, you're just moving up to another step. So the time you hit high school, if you stuck with that program from the beginning, you there's nothing you have to learn, Brian. Uh, it is hard work dedication get into camps um when they go into the weight room everything's a competition but it's a fun competition kids get motivated and you see it on the football field um they had a tough run of injuries uh, a couple years ago uh, at one point they had 17 starters out uh hmm. and uh watching brandon coach the team um at that point, i think i was in the second year of this major disaster of injuries uh, I got to interview him after every football game and some of the football games, I mean, oh my gosh, you know, you're down, you got six kids hurt in one game. You're on your eighth running back. You can find I mean, They're pulling kids from everywhere just to, just to do anything. And I'd be sitting on the sidelines and I, uh, when the game was over, I'd have to interview him. I go out to the, out to the 50 yard line and just kind of wait for Brandon to come over. And you would think that you would have some harsh words or, you know, something's not right. And nothing but positivity out of that guy. Every hard loss I've seen them take, uh, Brandon is the most gracious and considerate uh, with those kids and pumps them with a lot of a lot of good things. There was never a negative word that came out of his mouth after every one of those losses. And now for the last two years, big thing for us is uh, the athletes have been there and they've they've been healthy. Uh, Caleb Burke, last couple of years, uh, just a, a stud of. Uh, uh, a D1 um, has a D1 scholarship and he played at the University of New Hampshire. We had Trevor Tustin, uh, who was just full of speed the last two years. We had a sophomore quarterback this year, um, and uh, that team, I'm telling you, Brian, they were just they're just amazing. Uh, sophomore quarterback, took sophomore the, uh, quarterback, um, wow, Joe uh, Joe Hauser, uh, yes, I graduated. So uh, Callen Stahl uh, jumps in first year right off the bat as a sophomore and. Uh, Leads the team, sets all sorts of records at Richland, and uh, this team is ready to roll. And they really, they haven't lost many guys coming back. Uh, they're gonna think they lost, they lost about five quality, high quality starters, uh, and that's about it. So the offensive line, you only lose one one lineman, you lose your center. Uh, everybody else is back. Defensive line's intact, uh, and uh, this team is gonna. Gonna have another good year. We're just hoping we can play football with this all that's going on with this with this virus. You know, we're all hoping for another season. But uh, if there is one, uh, I find it hard pressed not to find Richland back in the uh, in the state championship somewhere in the in the in the playoffs. So, well, that would be absolutely fantastic. And uh, you know, one thing I remember, uh, I was in college, but I remember reading about uh, Brandon's college career because he played at UConn. Am I did. not mistaken? So that's uh, before they joined Division One. I. I think they were one double A at the time. But I remember uh, watching them play. I watched them play in high school because I was at all the games, even though I wasn't on the sidelines. I was with the band. Um, I was so too, Brian. So no, hey, I was yep. I was in the band too, my friend. Yeah, and I was in the band because uh, Ireland was. Uh, I mean, uh, Mike Podolowski took us to Ireland, or uh, my freshman year. Here we go again. I graduated the year before you went to Ireland. So I (laughs) hear this. I hear this all the time. So I was not on that trip, unfortunately. The great thing about Richland High School when I was there, the uh, band and the the football players had a great relationship. Yes. And uh, they would carry our equipment and they would come to the competitions with us and they'd come on the trip. So it was fantastic. It was a very tight knit back then. Um, I love what I'm hearing out of that program now. You talked about uh, Brandon's father. Um, I went to his football camp in 1983. I actually, uh, I, I remember the t-shirt because uh, they had the same helmet decals at the same time, the same R. Yeah. But they right. were green and gold and Richmond was red and blue. But high school football is the fabric of what we talk about. And this is where these guys get started. It's so great to talk about a uh, Richland, uh, excuse me, a Western Pennsylvania program. Hey, I'll talk about any program 
in Western Pennsylvania. It's fantastic because this is great. So glad to have you on, Ed. And I got to tell you, Tony had to listen to me the entire entire fall last year. Every Monday we'd come on and yeah. I would update how Richland did over the weekend. It would be like uh, well, 30 you, seconds and, and I would Richland's- mention a Coach by name was and- probably um, was probably one of the it was one of the most explosive teams uh, in the state last year. I mean, uh, watching them roll up points week after week after week. Anybody can beat you from anywhere. You Trevor Tussin out of the backfield, Caleb Burke down the field, about four kids running the football, and I can't tell you how many kids touch the football. And that's the big thing about Brandon when you play in this system, Brian and Tony, you're going to get on that field on Friday night. Uh, he rotates guys in and out constantly. Uh, freshman play, uh, it, it's 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 amazing. So you build and you build and you build. But so by the time you're a junior and a senior, it's not your first time on the football field. You've been there pretty much from the time you were a freshman. You put in the work. You're going to see the field. And Brandon rewards all those kids uh, with with um, with playing time, and uh, and you know they all respond. Uh, but I don't know, Tony. How was it when you when you were a kid? Because the big thing for me, when I when I was a student at Richland, you couldn't even play organized football until you were in junior high school. And now these kids are able to start when they're in first grade, second grade, third. I think that's a big, a big help. Uh, but that's the way it was when we were here. I don't know how it was uh, up by uh, your neck of woods by Pittsburgh. Were you, uh, did you have football earlier than that? Or was it basically junior high school was when you started as well? Well, I played in 84. Uh, that was a, a 12 and 13 year old league. That was midget football. But after that, I think there was, there was another level and then, and then it was high school. So I think it, I think it, around here, it started around, well, for me, it started at 12. I, I, I don't know. I, I think there are, there are leagues that are, that are uh, younger than that, but I, I didn't really pick it up till I was 12. So I, yep. I can't answer that one. Because yeah, Brian, I think uh, when, when, when you guys, got about that age you well we did have a league for it just started when i was in seventh grade so uh your uh your brother jimmy and i uh we played the first season the inaugural season in 1983 and uh so i played in seventh and eighth grade um that was the peewee the geistown richland pwfl and uh but i would have loved i would have definitely been involved in first and second grade that would have been amazing to be a richland rocket i wish that was a whole lot earlier so uh you tell you tell uh coach bailey great job need to get him on the show you tell your buddies fred tell fred i apologize fred and pj want to be here tonight unfortunately yeah unfortunately they, they, they could not make this podcast but they uh they definitely want to join in brian your invitation is to you and tony if you're ever in on a friday night in richland Oh, I'm coming in. More than welcome. Come up to the booth. Come on on the radio. Fred would love to interview you guys at halftime. It's like his thing. The halftime is the biggest thing for Fred Yannity. He will search uh, the stands during pregame to find somebody he can interview at halftime. We had the whole (laughs) Ispan family on at one point. Uh, We we had Dave. We had Jeff. uh, We had their kids. um, And it's, uh, it's, it's a good time. And we are nationwide as well. Uh, we just got live streamed as last uh, as of last season, so um, oh, people are, are live streaming us from other states uh, around the country, which is really real nice. They can listen to Richmond football. Uh, we even had uh, one overseas, Scott Hudson from Thailand, uh, came in and uh, oh, and, awesome! Uh, Number seventy joined. Uh, yeah, so hey, um, great! Thank you very much. I was going to tell you, let Fred know that I do apologize to him for denying him my football <laughs> skills. <laughs> and uh, if I could go back in time, I'd give them to him. I'd be, uh, I'd play fullback for him. And uh, you saw me on the, like, the Turkey Bowl games. We play backyard football, oh, so that'd man. be awesome. But Ed, do you mind sticking around for? Uh, we're going to go into the fun, boys. Yeah, it'd be great. All right, thanks. We're going to go to uh, Matt P. Steeler now. In Australia, we play tackle rugby from under eights at age seven. So, gosh, that's tough. Two ninety nine. Thanks, uh, thanks, Matt P. That I tell you what, they don't they don't make them like that here. Rugby tackle, <laughs> rugby at that age, and there's no pads. Gosh, no, that's that's insane. That's insanity. That's what that is. Yes, Tony, have you ever played rugby? No, I, I'd like to play it, or I wanted to play it when I was younger. It looked like a fun game, but I never really, never really did. So let's open up q and A. Q&A. So any questions that you have. 
whether they be about high school football with Ed, back to the stars with us, feel free to let us know. Um, mm. <laughs> Wes, Wes is a contributor, and we had Wes on the show a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I ain't got the stack to play rugby. Hey, me and you both, Wes. <laughs> I tell you what, I had some of my fraternity brothers at uh, UPJ. They had a rugby club, and uh, there, there's some guys mm. that were crazy. I remember one one kid named Lionel when I was there, and Lionel was from Philly. And he would just, he was the enforcer on the rugby team. I don't think he ever got the ball. He just ran around with his fist in the air. <laughs> and you were afraid of Lionel. He was, <laughs> gosh, I went to those rugby games, those UPJ rugby games. And I was like, wow, these guys, these guys are maniacs. That's awesome. So Matt P. Steeler says no pads, less concussions. So I don't know how that's possible, but <laughs> there you go. It's probably technique, I would guess. You're not, you're not, you're keeping your head out of the, out of the way. I, I would imagine it's more about technique. Yeah. That's a big thing, Tony. Uh, you know, you know, don't you agree watching, um, watching a game at the, you know, an NFL game, these guys leading with their heads constantly head, head down, head just, I mean, some, I mean, tackle, I, I watched so many plays that if the guy would just make the tackle, the play is over. And yet we go for these big hits, these big, you right. know, head on head hits and the player stands up right. and keeps going. And all you've done is now hurt yourself or put somebody in a position to get hurt. When if you would just wrap up and make the tackle, plays over. Yeah, those uh, instructional videos the position coaches were yeah. were uh, releasing two years ago. To, you know, when they were trying to get the helmet, the helmet uh, hits out of the game. They they all it looked like football. I mean, it just looked like football with great technique. Yeah. So I yeah. think there's hope for the future. I like to see good tackles. I mean, Jerry Olsavsky was one of my favorite. Linebackers of the Pittsburgh Steelers talk about did Jerry O ever miss a tackle? Jerry O. Uh, I don't think was, Jerry O ever missed a tackle. If he was if he was around the football, you were going down. He was tackling you. He wasn't gonna ever make a highlight reel, but the player was down and play was over. So let's go to Alfred. Alfred, I'm not even gonna try out. No, I guess I am. Uh Fustaki. Fustaki. Alfred Fustaki. It's like Mr. Takagi. From uh, not Miyagi, I'm talking Mr. The, the real Mr. Takagi from the uh, Christmas classic Die Hard. Claypool equals Mike Thomas type of steel. What do you guys think, guys? Do you think uh, Mike Thomas, Tony, I'll start with you. I mean, well, you think that that's a good comparison for Chase Claypool? Claypool hasn't, hasn't shown anything yet because he hasn't had the opportunity to. Would you say Chase Claypool could equal a Mike Thomas? Well, if he does, it would be a, it would be a steal because uh, Michael Thomas is uh, one of the best receivers in the game right now. I think he's I think he's the guy who's probably going to get paid the next, or maybe he's already been paid. But yeah, I, I mean, he, he he reminds me of, and, and maybe I just have uh, black and gold glasses on. I focus too much on the Steelers, but he reminds me, like I keep saying, of, of a as a of a bigger uh, version of Juju. So uh, you know, and we talked about Calvin Johnson last week. There's a guy that if he if he wound up having that kind of career, wow. So, uh, yeah, it's, anything's possible. And I'm not even sure you could call him a steal at this point. I mean, he's a, he was a really good prospect coming out of college. Ed, what do you think? Claypool. Uh, I love the pick, Brian. I love when they made the pick. He's got that big body frame, and uh, it's going to be all on Chase Claypool, uh, how he uh, performs during camp, what kind of chemistry he, he, he um, has with Ben. And uh, if you have Juju and Claypool – Playing at a, at a top, yeah, this could be this could be real, real nice for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a real coup. And having that, don't forget Ebron at tight end. I think that's a it was a big move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I mean, is there who is not a weapon now? Who's the odd man out in that? I mean, is Vance McDonald in that odd man out with all these guys coming in, or is it just a is it just a pick your poison, Tony? I think I think it's pick your poison because. Uh, I mean, we, we know how, how much Ben loves Vance McDonald. So, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to purposely exclude him. Not that he would do that anyway. I just think it's, you have so much talent that he, he's going to, you know, provided everything, everything uh, works out with, with him and with the offense and, and they're in sync. He's going to have just so many weapons to throw to. I mean, I, I you know, uh, as far as even even the guys we don't talk about as much as we should, guys like, like James Washington, he came on so much last year. He could... He could be a guy that, that surprises us in, in, in 2020. And obviously we saw what Deontay Johnson did. So I just think, you know, there's, there's just so many possibilities. To, it's hard to, 
uh, I don't think anybody's going to be, be the odd man out. I think, I think they're all going to, you know, provide again, provided he, he Ben is, is Ben again. I think there's, it's just going to be a, he's going to have a great time um, throwing many different targets instead of trying to focus on number 84, which was, which was the last, the thing he had to do the last time he, he was at full health. Eddie Martino, here's a question for you. Um, can Ben Roethlisberger with all these added weapons save Ryan Switzer's job? Oh, there's a hundred thousand dollar question. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. I, I'm going to abstain from that question as well. That's just too hard of a question to answer. <laughs> Tony, I'll throw it back to you. Will Ben say? I think. I think. I think he he has that kind of influence. Uh, I mean, I think he's the uh, real life uh, the real life version of uh, number eighty three. I think he's the human version of of the uh, Heath Miller jersey. I think. Uh, you know, I mean, he really didn't do a whole lot last year to, to get to remain on the team. But, you know, unless he shows out in training camp this year, provided there is one, then and still makes the team. And, 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 and you know, I, I would be surprised if he makes the team. And if he does make the team, that can only be because of number seven. There you go. Um, I got to bring this one up. X Eddie B says fullback. This is back to uh, me talking about how I'd be a fullback with a. Uh, with a uh, finny guard pants is what he's trying to say there. Um, and I'm going to explain this to you. Um, just like you knew me 40 years ago, I've got a lot of uh, eccentricities. And uh, one of them is the fact that I own a pair of BJ Finney's actually game worn pants. And I've worn them on occasion oh, nice. on the show um, on location. And uh, people don't realize that uh, when you knew me, I was a little guy. They, they don't know me as the guy uh, 250 plus now. Uh, I was a tiny dude back then. You could probably, you could vouch for that. You're the one I person can, who can vouch. I can vouch I, for that. I was small. And you saw me recently, not small anymore. I'm still short, but not small. <laughs> um, you would be amazed. So Finney goes, what, 315? BJ Finney, I, I think he's about 315 and he's a lot taller. I don't know what Richland High School's pants are like. <laughs> But they paint these things on these professional <laughs> athletes. I mean, I could barely tighten the belt on it, and I'm a lot. I weigh a lot less than BJ Finney, and I could hardly put them on. These football <laughs> pants are amazing. But if anybody makes them look good, Antonio Vouch, I do. So, uh, so yeah, I would have. Uh, but I wanted to bring I that up. Blog about it. I was a little. Oh, yeah, no. I was definitely talk about it. Here's here's a question, um, Ezra a great contributor to our live chat. His question is, if we can afford Hassan Reddick, picture him, TJ, Devin, and Bud. Um, Reddick's out there, I believe. So, I mean, when you get to this point, you can afford guys because they're willing to take minimums. And Reddick was only drafted three or four years ago. So if he's a possibility, would you bring Hassan Reddick on? I'll start with Ed. Uh. At this stage of the game, Ryan, uh, I, I don't think I would unless it, it is an absolute, absolute bargain basement. I think there's enough there with those three guys to bring in Hightower now who can uh, offer some sort of pass rush. Well, I, I don't do it unless it's bargain basement. Tony? Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I think it has to be a, a very good price for them at this, at this stage. I mean, they have only so much and, and they have a whole draft class they have to try to sign so uh yeah it would have to be like i don't think it would be veteran minimum but it would have to be close to that all right let's get our passports out let's head to randy land bad tony and ed what are your thoughts on coach randy being replaced by canada before the season is over that's uh i'm gonna start on this one and my answer to this cree is uh ben won't let it happen and uh, that's nothing against Ben, but Coach Randy is there because Ben wanted Coach Randy to be there. Coach Randy was exposed last year when Ben wasn't there. He had to be an offensive coordinator, and he's a quarterback's coach. Um, I can see Canada being the offensive coordinator in the future, maybe as early as 2021. But if the Steelers come back and have a good season, when which we're hoping and expecting with Ben Roethlisberger, I don't see Coach Randy going anywhere. Coach Randy is going to go as far as Ben Roethlisberger. Tony, take it. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a totally unstealer-like move to to 
fire the uh, fire a coordinator before the season's over. I mean, and remember a year ago at this time, you know, it's about the whole Matt Canada taking over next year for for Fickner. I mean, people were saying the same thing about Terrell Austin taking over for Keith Butler this year, and they're all still here. I mean, I think I think all these guys have influence. I mean, they they all contribute to the game plan on both offense and defense. So, I I mean, I could could I see Matt Canada being the coordinator next year? Possibly, but not certainly not before the season's over, unless it's unless it's so bad that, that they have no choice but to make a move. Okay, Robert says this is not a question, but he's predicting Ben Roethlisberger 35 TDs over under. Let's start with Tony. I'm going to say under, but only because I think I think they're going to try to uh, have a balanced offense. I think it's going to be John Elway uh, 2.0, and it's going to he's, they're going to rely more on running, and you're not going to see Ben passing 60 times a year anymore Ed, i take the over bry i think ben uh ben's motivated ben wants to show that uh he's completely healthy i think he's putting the ball in the air and i think we're gonna i think he's, he goes over 35 tds i take the over so i side with ed wes part of me wonders if uh terrell austin and matt canada are part of a post tomlin succession plan hmm. um wes another great contributor to our show uh Tony, do you think so? Well, I mean, Mike Tomlin brought both of those guys in, so usually when they when they get rid of a, the head coach, they they clean house. So probably, I I would have to say probably not. Because if it's if it's bad enough to get rid of the head coach, it means the the coordinators and 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 or what I said coordinators Freudian, Freudian slip, the uh the guys uh, uh on his staff probably weren't doing a great job, so they're probably going to want to go in an, an entirely new direction unless they have a future uh. Dick LeBeau on, on, on staff right now. Okay. Uh, I missed some questions here. Question for Ed. I predicted 43 TD. Ooh, lost it there. I predicted 43 TDs. I keep losing it. For our offense, receiving weapons, JJ, DJ, J-Dub, uh, CC, EE, VM, 88 total passing TDs for Ben. What do you think our wide receiver core and Ben can accomplish? Uh I think Ben is somewhere between the uh, 40 and 45 TD pass range this year. That'd be, that'd be my guess with the weapons that he has. I'm going between 40 and 45. Okay, guys, I've got a question for you both. Does Ben make the weapon or are the weapons going to make Ben this year? Tony. Well, I mean, we saw last year uh, how, how much he means to the offense. So I think it's, I think Ben, makes the weapons not not that these weapons aren't talented or clearly talented but i think ben's gonna make the weapons as, as you see with most most nfl offenses eddie yeah i think quarterback makes the uh makes the player better i think ben makes makes those players better he will throw them open so even if they don't get it ben will throw them open so uh yeah i i agree with ezra i agree with you guys uh quarterbacks make the make the uh weapon um so we're getting ready to wrap up real soon I would be remiss if I did not talk about one of the uh, one of the uh, all-time NFL greats that is actually partly responsible for the uh, the Steelers dynasty as uh, the late now the late great Don Shula, um, not just Miami Dolphins but of the Baltimore Colts. Where the how do how is he responsible? Chuck Knoll was on staff with, uh, with Don Shula with the Baltimore Colts. Colts. Um, I got to tell you, when I read the news today, the only thing that I could think of when I thought of Don Shula was class. That's one word I would always think of that guy. I hated the Dolphins, but I never hated Don Shula. And the reason I hated the Dolphins is because when I was growing up, they were pretty good in the 80s. And then when Marino went there, <laughs> Marino shouldn't have gone there. But when he ended up there, I was like, oh, here we go. And I was only 11 at the time. And I just knew what uh, what that team could accomplish. Don Shula, every time he talked, there was there was nothing that uh, there was nothing that came out from Don Shula that was negative. This guy was pure class and I absolutely uh, admired this guy. May he rest in peace at the age of 90. Gone, a great, great man. Um, before I, I ask you both your thoughts on Don Shula, I want to go ahead and talk about a story about Don Shula that I read 
right when he passed, uh, when he became the all-time uh, coaching wins leader back in 1993. And it, this is a great story because on his first date with the woman that became his wife for a number of years, he asked her a very strange request and asked her to do something. And what it was, asked her to run backwards to see what kind of athlete she was for future children. <laughs> I, just <laughs> wow. that, I just thought that was absolutely incredible. Fantastic. And if she didn't run well, I still think she would have uh, been his number one draft choice as a, as a wife. But I, I just thought that that was amazing. So, um, Tony, your thoughts on the great Don Shula. Oh yeah, uh, they they were talking on on social media all day about the Mount Rushmore of coaches, and and when I think of the greatest coach, I'm not and I'm not just saying this either. When I think of the greatest coaches, I always think of Don Shula as one of them because I mean, obviously you, you mentioned uh, those great Colts teams of the '60s, and then what he did with the the Dolphins in the '70s, the uh, the, the 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 only perfect season in, in NFL history, at least NFL modern NFL history, and then of course in the '80s he. he you know, he, he went through his own Super Bowl era, and then he created another one under uh, even without even before Dan Marino. They were in, in a Super Bowl with David Woodley. He didn't win them, but he 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 brought his team back up to a contention again in the '80s. And as you said, he he retired with as the all-time wins leader. If he still if he if he still is, I apologize for not knowing that. Yeah, but I know he retired. As the, uh, okay, so there you go. So yeah, he's. Uh, he, he's uh, he, one of the most influential people in the history of the game. So, uh, yeah, he, his loss will, will be felt by, by by all levels of the NFL. Now, Ed, I, I know I could probably speak uh, for you when I say this, that uh, Don Shula probably uh, caused a lot of heartburn in your house being growing up in a Jets house. Yeah. Um, I know you were the Lone Steeler fan there. What are your thoughts on uh, – Oh, excuse me, on uh, Don Shula. Well, you hit it right on the head, Brian. Um, when you think of Don Shula, it's just complete class. Uh, that that man was just uh, just an icon. Uh, great guy. Love listening to him. To listen to him speak. Uh, never a bad word uh, that I can ever utter about Don Shula. Uh, he had a great life. Ninety years old. God bless him. God bless his family. May he rest in peace. Uh, and he will be for you know, forever one of the uh, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Well, thank you. Uh, fantastically said by both of you. And uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of things about Don Shula in the live chat. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. First and foremost, thank you to uh, you in the live chat. Remember, we can't do this show without you. You are the heart and, show, heart and soul of the show. We appreciate you. You are our Behind the Steel Curtain family, and we love you. So thank you very much to you. To Ed DiMartino and the Richland High School Rams, go Rams, go! I could, I could do this, Ed. I got to do this before we go. Let's go Rams! Yep. Right, hey, we played the NBC Sports theme. Remember, remember the old yep. NBC Sports theme that was uh, yeah. in the ba the football team still comes out to the NBC Sports theme uh, long, long ago. So, um, you know, I, I looked for that on YouTube recently, and I found it. Uh, just for great memories awesome. because I played bass drum and I just remember the lot boom, boom, boom. Oh, I was boom. tenor. I was tenor saxophone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anybody ever wants to listen Friday night, uh, go to www.johnstownforevermedia.com and you can click on the, on the live and uh, catch some Richland Ram football. Uh, hopefully be another great season for the Rams. All right. Thanks so much. Tell coach, we need to see him on the show and uh, we appreciate you, Ed. Thanks for coming on. And uh, tell all my uh, red, white, and blue uh, friends in Richland that, that uh, I said hello. So with Will that do. being said, thank you, Ed. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Tony. Thank Great you. meeting thank you. Hopefully we'll talk nice to you soon. Thank you, Ed. See all you right, soon. Tony. Um, once again, you hear Tony Defio here every Monday, but now you hear him on Saturdays with Brunch with Tony. Great debut show. I listened in. Um, I was power washing and I listened in and uh, it, it was, it was a great time. Tony, you're a natural and uh, your fans, they spoke, they spoke for a long time. They wanted you on Tuesdays yeah. with taco Tuesday, uh, taco <laughs> Tuesday with Tony, but we've got brunch with Tony, which is just as good. Make sure you check out that show every Saturday with Tony Defio. He is definitely, uh, he is definitely going to uh, be the man on your Saturday. So, uh, 
we love to hear it. I thought you did a great job, Tony. Well, thank you. And thank you to Wes and everybody else for all the love. All right. So for Eddie Martino and Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You call me bad. I love you, my friends. And to quote the great Rowdy Roddy Piper, just when you think you know all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Have a great week. All right. Good night, my friends. We'll see you. Take care.